to the Wellesley Free Library Book Report, book rankings and recommendations for when you're ready to read. I'm Heather Lee Byrne, Information Services Librarian at the Wellesley Free Library. Thanks for joining us for episode 10 of the Book Report podcast. We're just beginning December as I record this, but looking around outside, the holiday season seems like it's in full swing. The holidays can bring up a lot of loaded feelings for many people, and even for those who still find it the most wonderful time of the year, it can be a little overwhelming. These light, fluffy romances you'll hear about today provide a little holiday escapism, seeing protagonists navigating traditions and extended family shenanigans all while finding romance can provide a respite from some of the more difficult parts of the holiday season. Today's recommendations come from Rachel Hobson, a circulation team member here at the Wellesley Free Library who runs the Library TikTok account. I got to know Rachel when she and Annette presented on TikTok for libraries at the 2022 Massachusetts Library Association Conference. They presented to a packed room, and while Annette was speaking, Rachel skillfully filmed and posted a TikTok video of the audience. I was super impressed, and so was everyone else. Although the theme for today is Christmas romances, there are also themes of social media and connectedness in many of Rachel's recommendations. But before we get to that, let's hear about another Library of Things offering from Annette. Ting, 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 Library of Things. If you were thinking about buying a 3D printer, guess what? Oh my goodness. We have a 3D printer with some filament. So yes, you could check it out. It comes in this this case and some instructions that our wonderful tech services team has put together. They write down all of our, um, you know, the notes. They lovingly write these great notes for you and you could create your own little 3D pieces. One of my favorite things that I've seen so far that people have created are little fidget spinners. Oh, cool. And you could just get these designs online and print it yourself. It does take a couple of hours. It's not... Not instant. No, no. Rome wasn't built in a day and fidget spinners are not done in 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It It does take a while. And now let's get on to the interview. Today, we're going to be speaking with Rachel Hobson from Circulation here at the Wellesley Free Library, and she is also the incredible person who runs the WFL TikTok account. We're going to be talking about fun and fluffy holiday romance novels available in the library. Welcome, Rachel! Hi, thanks for having me. This is so exciting. (laughs) I'm so glad that you could make it. This is kind of branching a little bit outside of the Information Services Department, but this is a super exciting time for me because uh, Rachel has done some really amazing stuff on social media and TikTok and is definitely somebody who I looked at when I was starting this podcast. I was thinking, hmm, how do we do this with the library? So thanks, Rachel, for all of your instruction. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So can you just tell me a little bit about what you brought today and why you read in this genre? Okay. Well, I I have brought a couple of recommendations for Christmas holiday romances. Definitely the perfect time of year for them. The first one I brought is 10 Blind Dates by Ashley Elston. I 
read this about two years ago, and it was definitely one of my first forays into the genre. For the longest time, I was really into sci-fi and fantasy books. And then the pandemic happened. And of course, uh, no one really, at least I did not want to read about, you know, dystopia while the world was you know, crashing and burning. So I slowly made the switch from from that genre to romance just for some fun, fluffy reads. But I always wanted to read like Christmas stuff during the month of December because okay. I'm very much a mood reader. That's what I actually wanted to ask you was when you first read this, was it during the Christmas season? hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. <laughs> uh, during the month of October, I only read horror novels and mysteries. Okay. I don't actually like to read those during any point of the year. I'll read them during <laughs> October. Once it is November 2nd, I want Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. And so, of course, I then make the switch to all these holiday-themed books that I won't touch again once, like, it hits January 3rd. Okay. Okay. All right. I love this. I want to know, like, your whole calendar now. Yes. <laughs> for, like, how you read throughout the year. But it is the holiday season. We are here. We are two years ago in the pandemic, and you started with this first book. Can you tell me, um, how did you end up hearing about this? So I do a lot of YouTube content on my mm -hmm. personal time. I have a, the community is called BookTube, mm -hmm. and it's been around for several years, where the community gets together and they create videos based on what they've read. There's TBR videos, and if you don't know what TBR is, it's short for To Be Read then you wrap up videos of what you read for the month of, say, November. There's also readathons, themed readathons for every po different points of the year. I think I read this for like the reindeer readathon at one point. And there's also <laughs> like another another Christmas themed readathon. I think I also participated in, and I like vlogged my experiences while I'm reading all these different books. But I chose this because during that time I was like, all right, let's just Google search new YA Christmas books, and this had popped up. Okay, so this was a current read at that time, and you were reading it for a readathon. So I'm just super curious. Can people go back and, like, hear your original, like, thoughts on this? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I am sure. And, of course, at this point, I have grown on how to uh -huh. edit videos. There's a lot that I've taken down because uh -huh. I'm a little embarrassed that I went, I said that. I shouldn't have said that. So we're just going to pretend it didn't. It doesn't exist. Uh, but but that, those are super old videos because I started mm -hmm. in like 2014, 2015 oh, wow. with BookTube. Okay. Yeah, so I've done it for a long time. Mm -hmm. So 2014, Rachel no longer exists. Okay. She lives in the past where she belongs. That sounds right. This is one of those things about the internet is like, it will always come back, or it feels like there's always the threat of it coming back. There are certain oh, things that should stay in the 100%. past. A hundred percent. Like, I do not envy today's kids, because mm -hmm. they are videotaping, like, every aspect of their lives. And all I can think is, like, wow, 12-year-old Rachel did not need any of that. Thank <laughs> God she got to make mistakes while out of the limelight. Yeah, no, seriously. Oh, my goodness. So you found this book um, through a Google search. Uh, why did you decide to jump to reading it? What, what Look, about it struck you? The cover itself was very cute because I'm very much a mood reader. The cover does actually do a lot for me. Like, I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but I definitely do. Mm -hmm. If it's an ugly cover, I'm like, well, no, thank you. <laughs> 
And the, at least, at the very least, if it's a pretty enough cover, I'll then switch the back and see what it's about. <laughs> and this was actually really funny. So the idea is our main character, Sophie, she's a senior in high school. She's about to, like, start Christmas break. And her very strict parents are actually going to visit her very pregnant sister. So finally, she's going to have the house herself. She's going to spend it with her boyfriend. But her boyfriend breaks up with her. Oh, no. So she's, of course, devastated. So she goes to visit her grandmother. And at this point, the entire family's at her grandmother's. Mm -hmm. It is a big, boisterous family. (laughs) For each generation, there's at least five siblings. Like, she has five to eight aunts and uncles. Twice as many cousins. And the grandmother finds out that she's now single. And the grandmother, Nona, goes, you know what would be great? If we all got together and set you up on 10 blind dates. Ah. So each relative is responsible for the date and, like, the activity itself. Oh, my goodness. So, of course, like, there's some really great dates. Like, there's this aunt that's like, oh, I know what she likes. We'll set her up. And she had a great time. But there's, like, this set of twins that hates her guts. Oh, no. And so, of course, picked... The worst date possible. If I remember correctly, I think they set her up on a date at a drive-in, like, dirty movie. Oh, no. Right. Because <laughs> we're a senior in high school. Right. intense. <laughs> Actually, this was the worst possible date ever. Mm-hmm. And a different aunt sets her up on a date with someone that's, like, a half a foot, like, shorter than she is. And they're doing, like, a... A living statue nativity scene. Oh, wow. What a date. (laughs) And that's the date. So as you can imagine, it gets pretty disastrous. So it's outrageous. It's fun. Mm -hmm. And during all of this, she's posting all of her activities on social media. Mm. Griffin sees it and he gets jealous. And he wants to, like, try to get back with her. But during all this as well, she gets closer to a family friend. And now she has to decide... Does she really want Griffin back? This sounds like a really intense kind of buildup. Like, there's a lot of different ways that this could go for her. It seems like there's a lot there. There's also a lot of characters there. Was that distracting when you were reading it? or A little bit, but at the same time, because there were so many characters, like, this was one of the cons of the book. Because there were so many characters, they were all really shallow and mm. kind of like two-dimensional mm. people that you didn't really know. They You just know that they existed. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I think this would have been stronger had we not had the big family. But at mm. the same time, I don't think it would have worked without the big family. Yeah, well, that's really driving all these wacky scenarios, right? right? As kind of this outrageous family dynamic. Okay, so you said you kind of look at the books by the cover. What did you expect when you were going into reading it from the cover? And do you think this book met those expectations? It's funny. When you look at the cover, all you really see is a girl making a cute, quirky face, holding balloons that says 10 blind dates. Mm. So I'm thinking she's already single Mm -hmm. and a family member went, you know what? You know what you need? You need a man. <laughs> you need to not be single, despite only being a child yourself. Uh-huh. So that's what kind of what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But it was really fun seeing how the grandmother was really the matriarch of the family. And she definitely had the power of this family. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times with these Christmas romances, you don't see, yes, family is a big part. Mm-hmm. But you don't really see the family. It's him and her. Especially mm-hmm. with Hallmark movies. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see not only is there a power dynamic with the family, but it's female-led. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I'm hearing about the family. I'm hearing about the grandmother. Were there any other parts of the book that really stood out for you? I would say the moment with the twins. Because frankly, (laughs) I was like, how do you hate your family that much to do that to you? Because, yeah, you don't get along. At least I don't get along with certain members of my family. Mm -hmm. But I'm not about to set them on. At the very least, I'm not participating. Yeah, I know. I guess, I mean, I have also a pretty large extended family, but the ones who I'm not close to, I just don't know very well. I certainly don't have, like, active animosity towards right. them. <laughs> so that does seem, like, kind of extreme. Like, they must have had some kind of a connection in order to be even willing to go that far. Right. Granted, like I said, it was 2019 since I last read it, so it has been a while, but I think mm-hmm. it was just, like... They were almost rivals as children. Okay. And they just didn't quite get along. Mm-hmm. And the, the our main character always blamed them. And I would imagine that they would always blame her. It was just, mm, mm-hmm. just girls not really getting along. I see. Okay. So you found this one pretty easily through a Google search. But were, are there any media reasons why people might have come across this title? It's funny. I actually don't watch or look at a lot of traditional media. A -hmm. lot of my news and my book recommendations I get from YouTube. I get from Goodreads. I get from Twitter. Mm -hmm. And so I would imagine that now this book is making its rounds in the booktube community, especially Mm -hmm. since a lot of people are like me and they want to do themed reading for like different Christmas themed readathons. Can you tell me a little about the next one that you brought? What was the next one? So the next one I have is Blame It on the Mistletoe. Uh, Forgive me, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. It's by Beth Garrett. We do our best. Yes. And this one, it's described through Goodreads as Tweet Cute meets the holiday. I've never read Tweet Cute, but I would have to say yes. It's very much like the holiday. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. Okay, so this is a very well-known Christmas-themed movie, whereas Kate Winslet and Cameron D as they switch places for the holidays. One's in America, one is the UK, and they just switch places. And they kind of live the other person's lives for the next two weeks as a break from their own life. Okay, but doesn't everybody in their life recognize this? this oh, 100%. Like- <laughs> oh, 100%. Basically, what's... Um, Basically, what started, like, Kate Winslet puts her home on this, like, vacation home website. Oh. And Cameron Diaz, she gets broken up and she just wants a break from her life. And mm-hmm. Kate Winslet's character, like, the guy that she was always in love with, like, friend zoned her and then moves on. I guess it's them getting jilted and they just need a break from real life. Mm-hmm. And the idea transfers to this book. Basically, Elle, she is our main character and she is a social media influencer. And she joins this competition to where like, it's a group of other influencers. And the idea is the first one to get to 15,000 new followers wins the game. Ooh. However, if you lose, you have to delete all of your socials. That sounds pretty punitive for yeah. a friendly competition. <laughs> it, it is revealed later that it's really not so friendly. And there's a reason for all of that. But as you can imagine, there's a lot on the line for her, Mm -hmm. especially since Elle had another account that she had to delete due to a lot of internet drama. Mm. And so it took her a long time to get her following back. So there's a lot going for her. So she decides, oh, you know, it'd be fun. Let's switch places with one of my British followers. And so we now meet Holly. She is that British follower. And she has a, not a devastating breakup, but she breaks up with her long-term boyfriend 
Uh, her sister's in Thailand, and her mom is selling the family home. She is all about Christmas and having the perfect Christmas plans, and Christmas is no longer perfect. So she signs up to do this just to, you know, try to save her Christmas. And so the idea is they switch places and they post on the either on their socials or the other socials as the way to try to gain this following. But what they're not expecting is to meet the cute guy in that area <laughs> and, you know, sparks start to fly meeting these cute guys. Okay, so we're going back and forth with these two different Yes, like, there's two sets. different perspectives mm -hmm. for sure. Okay. All right, well, that sounds super fun, but also kind of complicated. It is a little complicated, especially since when we find out later the reason why the friendly competition is not so friendly. I actually don't think that was really needed. Hmm. So it was a little additional drama. Right, for sure. I'm distracted from the whole thing. I think so. I, okay. I don't think it really needed all that, especially since in a way – they're coming of age into their into themselves. Mm -hmm. Like Alice learning who she should really surround herself with. And Holly learns like, okay, Christmas doesn't necessarily have to be perfect. I mean, in real life, it really never is. Mm -hmm. Do all this planning. It's like, <laughs> oh no, my cookies burned. Mm -hmm. They're ruined. Yeah, no, I definitely remember family dinners were like oh shoot I didn't take that stuff out of the oven <laughs> yep like, oh no I forgot to buy this I've ruined mm -hmm. Christmas mm -hmm. so the first book that we talked about was definitely YA contemporary romance are these characters a little older or is would this still fit this would still fit in mm -hmm. the YA contemporary most of the books I brought are YA contemporary okay. uh, Christmas romances Okay, so it's still very young characters, even yes. if they apparently have enough agency to get themselves right? across the Atlantic. Like, they did have to ask permission from mom and dad. They had to get the money for said airfare. Uh, I think they're in high school. And that was, like, another thing that didn't quite, as an adult reading mm -hmm. YA novels, you kind of go, there's no way your parent would have said yes. Especially, like, the mom uh, where, like, her daughter's in Thailand and now her daughter wants to go to to this other country too you're gonna leave me alone at christmas Jeez. there's no way my mom would have said yes oh and not only yes but here's fifteen hundred dollars for the flight that's really crazy i was wondering too if with all the social media stuff if money comes into it at all or if that's just completely not talked about it's not talked about whatsoever. at all especially since they're teenagers they don't need to worry about money <laughs> Yeah, okay, so a lot of suspension of disbelief has to go into this. Yes, which I think is easier when, as, as for the intended audience, uh -huh. they, for the high schoolers, uh -huh. where real life really hasn't clicked yet. Mm -hmm. As an adult reading YA, you do have to take a step back. It's like when you finally know you're a little <laughs> too old for it, especially when, like, for example, like watching The Little Mermaid, it's like, Daddy, mm -hmm. I love him. Honey, you do not know him. <laughs> when you are old enough to say that back, you are too old for that movie. I when I first saw the synopsis, I thought this was like a like mistaken identity prince and pauper kind of thing. No. But instead it sounds like these romances came about by just putting different people in different places. Right. Um, how did the holiday atmosphere come through in the story? While they're, like, switching places, like, they have to do different prompts to post on the socials to try to get 15,000 people. Mm -hmm. And the idea is when they switch places, they actually have a, a list of tasks that they have to do that the other person has left them. And Holly being the one that absolutely loves Christmas gives Elle a list of holiday things that she needs to do while she's in the UK. Have a cup of cocoa at this well-known stand 
just little things that really bring out what the holiday spirit is meant to be. Again, with expectations and whether or not this book met them, what do, what do you think? What did you expect when you saw this one? It's funny. I was doing a readathon uh-huh. and I looked for a book to fit fit up uh, fit mm-hmm. a prompt. And I found this, and I thought the cover was kind of ugly, and I oh. almost didn't pick it up. And I, when I say ugly, it was just the the art style really wasn't to my taste. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I went, all right, I'll give it a try, is because I love the holiday. It mm. is one of my favorite movies. And I was like, all right, we'll give this a shot. If you're if you're going to be that bold as to say you were like this movie, mm-hmm. I'll give you a chance. Okay. It was a little slow at times, and definitely cheesy, but. That's really what you're looking for when you're picking up a, a, a Christmas holiday romance. Yeah. When you turn on the Hallmark Channel at this time of year, you're not looking for, like, great cinema. Right. <laughs> so, like, wow, that was equivalent. wow, that was so profound. <laughs> no, no. No, no. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, was there anything else about the book that you think readers would need to know to decide whether or not they should pick it up? I don't think so. I think if, you know, me talking about it, like, really piqued your your interest, I think you should give it a try. Okay. But definitely it's – I think calling it like the holiday was a bold statement. And, Mm -hmm. yes, there was a lot of it that was similar. And I suppose some of the characters themselves were a little similar. But it's, like, just barely qualifies, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the idea Mm -hmm. is there and it Mm -hmm. was fun. But the synopsis made a bold choice by comparing uh, it to a movie that I very much loved. Well, I'm really curious about that movie, too. So I think out of this one, I'm taking the movie as the recommendation. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> like, I still had a good time. I still uh, enjoyed it. But, like, the extra drama was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you had to pick one, I'd say, I know a, a, a library person is saying, yeah, watch the movie. Don't read the book if you had to choose one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I would have to say uh, – watch the movie well that means more to me coming from you (laughs) (laughs) what was the next one that you brought the next one i brought was the holiday switch by tiff marcello and this is arrivals to lovers ya romance Mm, okay so is this still like high schoolers again yes i did bring one adult romance i promise (laughs) this is not just all ya romances but i did um but this one is another ya romance Mm -hmm. the idea that is uh lila she's in her last, like, last winter break before she goes off to college. And she is working at this inn. And this inn is well known to be the location for this very much beloved holiday movie that took place in this town. This town loves Christmas. It's all about Christmas. And she loves it herself. And she wants to try to work all these extra hours, especially since... At the end of the season, the actors from this movie is coming to the inn to work an event, and she really wants to be a part of this. However, the owner's nephew comes into town, and he needs hours. So even though she has asked for extra hours, the boss went, sorry, but my nephew needs hours too. Uh, so there's already that element of, well, I don't like you because you stole money from me. Mm-hmm. When actually, you know, he didn't. But she was al- already... Already, she's like, this guy's on my hit list. I don't like him. <laughs> and she's very much a type A personality. And she's very much, well, we've always done it this way, so we're going to do it this way. And because the nephew is new, he's very much more flexible. And it's like, well, why do we have to do it this way all the time? Mm-hmm. And uh, one day during their shifts, they have very similar phones. They put them down, and they accidentally grab the other person's phone. Mm. They learn that the other one has a secret. 
Her secret is that she kind of moonlights as this book blogger online, and her parents actually don't approve of it whatsoever. And there's a reason for that is because, I guess, if I remember correctly, the dad got injured. In a book blogging accident. (laughs) (laughs) And online, people went, well, he clearly is faking this injury for some sort of fraud thing for his business. And so this, so their family went viral for all the bad reasons. Mm. So they don't want her being online to protect her and to protect them. Mm. So she's actually anonymous online under a fake name, but she has to, like, keep all this super secret, super private. Mm. The nephew, which I don't think I've said his name. His name is Teddy. Mm-hmm. He actually rock climbs, and which is another thing his family doesn't approve of. And he is only in this area because he wants to go to a competition in the area. Like in the middle of winter? Well, rock climbing is like indoor rock climbing. Oh, 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 okay. I thought I was like picturing him on a mountain. Right? Just ice, snow, snow, (laughs) sleets. When you're passionate, you're passionate. I think he had got injured one point, which is why his family Mm -hmm. didn't approve of it. And so he came to do this competition. Like he doesn't even tell his aunt Mm -hmm. who's the boss at the end. Mm -hmm. And so it's him like trying to do all that and still do all his shifts at the end. And he actually doesn't want to even work at the end. Oh, he didn't even want those hours to start with. It was all a ruse. It was all a ruse. It's one of those, like, the aunt thought she was doing him a solid and, Mm -hmm. you know, keeping him out of trouble. Mm -hmm. It's like, what else is he doing here? And so they find out each other's secrets, and in a way, they now have to work together to try to hide the other person's secrets. Mm, Okay. So (laughs) bringing them together. Right. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Well... I want to hear what this cover was like and how you found this one. (laughs) Again, like I said, a lot of my reading comes from, like, trying to compete in these different Mm readathons because I love just going out of my way to try to find books that can actually count for these prompts. Mm -hmm. And I had saw that this was another new Christmas romance from last year. Mm -hmm. So blame it on the mistletoe in this one as well. They were new last year, Mm -hmm. and I purposely try to find newer Christmas books to talk about. And I thought the the cover was very sweet. It was also, like, one of the first times I saw a non-white couple on the cover. The last two books, they were, like, both white couples. Mm -hmm. And anytime I see any sort of diversity, I'm like, oh, this will be fun. We'll finally see somebody else get their happy ending. Mm -hmm. Because as much as I love romances, like, I love the idea that everyone gets a chance at love. Mm And I like Hallmarks, but they kind of get boring seeing the same person on the screen all the time. Because <laughs> I want to be able to – I don't fit that aesthetic mm-hmm. as someone who's overweight and short and not blonde. <laughs> I want to see that I have the opportunity to – I mean, mm-hmm. thankfully I'm married and I already found love. But I want to see that I can find love too. Everybody. It's for everyone. Exactly. So. Okay. Awesome. All right. So the cover kind of caught your attention that way. So did the novel meet those expectations that you had going into it? Did it do a good job with the characterization of, you know, did you feel like you could believe this couple? Yes, especially since, like, I like rivals to lovers. Mm. It's a good trope. Friends to lovers are a little bit more believable, and I see Mm. them working out better in the long run, whereas rivals to lovers, I feel like you do have to really work at it and really meet in the middle. And it... Mm -hmm. And it makes more for interesting reading mm-hmm. and seeing that character development. Because I'm very much a character-heavy, like, reader. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Well, that sounds like a really fun book, actually. <laughs> Is there anything that um, readers should know of anything else that comes to your mind about the book? 
Well, one thing that really stuck out to me that I really didn't like about Teddy is when their secrets get out. Mm -hmm. She was very much already willing to like, all right, then we just won't tell on each other. He's so worried about her saying something that even after they agree, all right, we won't say anything. He then blackmails her saying, all right, all right, just so you know, I will tell your parents who you are if you like give me out, give me away. And like, you didn't need to do that. Hmm. Why, Hmm. why did you do that? So there was an element of, I didn't like the love interest at first. And so he then had to get back in my own good graces for me to actually be into the story again. Okay. And did he succeed? I think he did. Honestly, I still think she could have done better. (laughs) All right. So we'll hold on to that for this, uh, this little high schooler working, working her butt off at this Christmas Inn. She's young. She can make mistakes now and worry about all that later. Yeah, sounds good enough for high school. Okay, so the next and last recommendation. The last one I have is Nick and Noel's Christmas Playlist by Cody Hall. This is actually an adult romance, and I would describe it as Hallmark with a bit of spice. So not appropriate for a younger audience. Okay, so all of these previous ones, they're very clean, you know, YA, you know, sweet romance kind of thing. Are these characters then a little bit older? What, what, how did, okay, can you tell us a little bit about the setup for this book? So this is a friends to lovers adult romance, and it has the trope of fake dating. Basically, Nick comes home from being in the military, only to find out his long-term girlfriend has been cheating on him while he's been overseas. Oh. And he comes back, he's ready to like, all right, let's play house, and she dumps him. Mm. He goes to the bar with his friend uh, Noel and a couple other buddies, and they see the ex walk in with her with her newest thing, and he's devastated. And so Noel goes, you know, let you know what, let's let's kiss, let's just make her jealous. At least I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was Noel's idea. Mm-hmm. They kiss and they start to like fake date, but from both perspectives. They liked the kiss a little too much. And now they're at odds because like, oh, I thought this was fake. (laughs) I thought this didn't matter. (laughs) And it starts to evolve from this fake dating to something a little more casual because the idea is Nick is this romantic. He loves romance. Noelle has a really tough past. The reason why they're such close friends is because her his family adopts her because her parents died. Okay. So very close. Right. Uh, They're siblings, but not siblings, basically. Definitely a little more complicated. (laughs) Right. Which is why at first I was like, this is kind of gross. I don't know. Granted, yes, they're not actually siblings, but Mm -hmm. someone who has siblings, just the idea is like, blah. Yeah. How old were they when this happened? Because sometimes that makes a difference in whether, like, were they, was she older when his parents adopted her? I want to say yes. I think they were preteens like I could be mistaken okay but basically they're they're meant to be incredibly close and the idea of her possibly losing this family that she had it scares the heck out of her okay because what if it doesn't work out with him and she's always been not into commitment anyways because people will leave you Mm -hmm. why why would I commit to this if you're only going to hurt me later Mm because she's never actually bounced back from the loss of her parents so when it does turn something a little bit more casual and they opt to start sleeping with each other, he wants something a little bit more serious, but she doesn't. So it's them coming to terms with that as well. How did you hear about this one? This sounds a little different than some of your other ones. It's funny. I actually saw this on the shelf here. Really? Okay. So this came to you through the library. <laughs> Sometimes while I'm shelving, mm-hmm. I'll see something that piques my interest. I'm like, huh, 
Well, I guess I'll take this home. Most of the time, I'll bring it back in three weeks without touching it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you're anything like me. I'll have, like, 50 things at home. And, mm-hmm. like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Only to, well, they're due now. I have to yep. bring them back. Because, yep. oh, interesting. I didn't have time to read 50 books in three weeks. <laughs> How could that be? You get to work. No. But, okay, so now I want to know about this cover. And just for listeners, we will put the covers in the show notes. So if you wanted to compare and give your opinions on those, you definitely can. You can reach us at WFLBookReport at Minlib.net. This cover wasn't anything to write home about. I think overall it was cute. It definitely looked like it was hand-drawn. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I saw it was Christmas and went, Okay, I want to read something Christmassy. I'll mm-hmm. look at this and give it a chance. And I know this has a sequel. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to see, all right, I'll read this one and I'll eventually we'll get to the sequel. I think I knew when I brought it home, I looked into it and a sequel was coming out the next year. So I think the sequel is out now. Okay. I could be mistaken on that, though. Oh, well, is it, is it a holiday one as it well? It is. Okay, well, maybe it can you can get in for this year. Right? <laughs> I don't know, though, because I've already made my to-be-read list for this year's Reindeer Readathon, so I don't know if I can squeeze it in. This requires so much planning. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> like, I already have, like, all right, I have, my month's reading is planned out. I have eight books put aside, and that is what I'm reading for the month of December. Oh, my gosh. That's, like, too much commitment for me. I'm, like, turning into the flake commitment phobe on this one. Yes. <laughs> You've given us the setup, but how did the holiday influence the plot of the book? What what about it? Was it just the backdrop, or were there certain themes that um, impacted the story? Well, they have very Christmassy names. His name is Nick Winter. Okay. And her name is Noelle. Mm, and okay. they work at the family Christmas tree shop, whereas okay. they, like, sell Christmas trees in this town <laughs> that... Really likes Christmas. Mm -hmm. I have to say the names were a little too on the nose for me. When Mm -hmm. I saw Nick Winter, I'm like, oh, ha ha, St. Nick. All right, fine. (laughs) But I like the idea how the playlists came into be for them. Because the idea is like they make each other playlists. Mm -hmm. And there is that list of music. And I meant to, while I was reading, play some of these playlists. But I never got around to it. So, But Mm -hmm. but the idea was interesting how they really communicated and really – solidified their relationship by their love of music. Okay, so music really came in for that one. Okay, awesome. Really nice. All right, so thank you for those recommendations. I wanted to ask, are there any other, like, authors or maybe just, like, places where people should look, whether that's on BookTube or Goodreads, if they are interested in more holiday romances or maybe whatever comes in January? (laughs) What's funny, I feel like nowadays people are going to Goodreads or they're going to their librarians because I see that all the time or Publishers Weekly. I feel like anytime I bring up BookTube or BookTok to our patrons, they're like, wow, I I never would have actually thought to go online and look for other people's thoughts because I follow people that are similar to my tastes and not so similar because I want to see what they their thoughts on it. There is this one booktuber that I follow. Her name is like Novel Menagerie, and she only reads, for the most part, mysteries. And I am not the biggest mystery fan, but it is super interesting to see how passionate and how much she loves it. And I know a book is bad when she's like, yeah, this this was rubbish because she's from Scotland. And she's like, yeah, this was terrible. <laughs> So I was like, all right, now I know if I 
am in the mood for mysteries not to touch that because mm-hmm. I really respect her opinion on it. Yeah, no, that sounds, it sounds like there's a lot of really interesting voices. So if people want to hear your voice, where can they find you? Well, my personal account is Boston Book Biddy. You can find me as the Boston Book Biddy on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram because Instagram is also a great place. Uh, That community is called Bookstagram and people will actually take a picture of their book and leave book reviews in their captions. So if you're not a fan of YouTube or, or, or TikTok, Instagram is still a really good place to go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate hearing your thoughts and your recommendations. Thank you for having me. I had a great time today. Thank you so much. And now today's Wellesley Reader's Report. In adult fiction this week, the number one, again, Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus, showing some serious staying power. I know I've seen it in some unexpected places in the last few weeks, like the drugstore checkout line. Megan recommended Lessons in Chemistry in episode six of this podcast, so check it out if you missed it. Brie Larson will be starring as Elizabeth Zott in the upcoming Apple Plus adaptation of the novel, which is likely helping to maintain its momentum. Number two is Verity, back on by Colleen Hoover. Her thriller about a dying author and the secrets uncovered when her husband hires a ghostwriter to complete her last book. Number three is The Love of My Life by Rosie Walsh. This is a new one to our list. It's a New York Times bestseller and Good Morning America book club pick. A love story wrapped in a mystery. Emma loves her husband, Leo, and their young daughter, Ruby. She'd do anything for them, but almost everything she's told them about herself is a lie, and she just might have got away with it if it weren't for her husband's job as an obituary writer. Adult nonfiction. Number one this week seems like a little bit of an aberration, which can happen when you're dealing with the small numbers like we sometimes are in these categories over a weekly period. So number one today is Better Homes and Gardens, Beautiful Kitchens and Baths. I wonder if the fall and entertaining puts people in mind of home renovations or maybe styling. Number two was a little more expected, outgoing Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker's results, getting beyond politics to get important work done. And returning to the list at number three, from strength to strength, finding success, happiness, and deep purpose in the second half of life by Arthur C. Brooks, Harvard professor and the Atlantic's happiness columnist. Mystery. I'm starting to notice that the fiction, nonfiction, and DVD lists have titles that often linger, but while some authors, such as Louise Penny, recur on the mystery list, it's more often than not that I'm looking at a completely new set of titles. So number one this week is We Begin at the End by British author Chris Whitaker. The book is winner of the Gold Dagger for Best Crime Novel from the Crime Writers Association of the UK, winner for Best International Crime Fiction from the Australian Crime Writers Association, and an instant New York Times bestseller. It's a thriller set in a small coastal California town where a sheriff and a 13-year-old girl and her family are about to feel the consequences of an ex-convict returning to town after serving his time. Number two is The Bloodless Boy by Robert J. Lloyd, a mystery set in London in 1678. When a corpse is found drained of blood, the tense political atmosphere of the city causes authorities to jump to conclusions. Robert Hooke, the curator of experiments of the Royal Society, is called upon to solve the mystery. Number three is Ride the Pink Horse by Dorothy B. Hughes. This is the book that inspired the classic 1947 film noir crime film produced by Universal Studios. The book has been reprinted with an introduction by 
modern detective novelist Sarah Paretsky. Science fiction. Number one this week in science fiction is The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornacek, a fairy tale reimagining of the events of the Ragnarok myth of Norse mythology. I read this one and I really enjoyed the way the author was able to make the bizarre characters and events of the story mesh into an emotionally coherent narrative. Number two is The Dragon Republic by R.F. Quang. Rin's story continues in this acclaimed sequel to The Poppy War, an epic fantasy combining the history of 20th century China with a gripping world of gods and monsters. And a return to some science fiction classics, further down on the list we have Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury at number three. DVD. Number one sees Downton Abbey, a new era back on top of the list. Patrons are not tiring of seeing the cast of the critically acclaimed period drama back together for this film. Number two is Top Gun Maverick, a 2022 American action film directed by Joseph Kaczynski and a modern sequel to the 1986 film Top Gun. Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer reprise their roles from the original film alongside a cast of younger stars. Number three is Nope, produced and directed by Jordan Peele. This is a science fiction horror film starring Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer as horse wrangling siblings attempting to capture evidence of an unidentified flying object. Thank you for joining us for episode 10 of the Wellesley Free Library Book Report podcast. Special thanks to Library Director Janie Jurgensen, Assistant Director Kara Rothman, Head of Information Services Sue Hamelos, the Information Services Department, and today's guest Rachel Hobson, the WFL IT Department, especially Axel Thompson, Jeremy Goldstein from the Minuteman Library Network, and to pa- library patrons like you who make this work interesting and rewarding. Please reach out to us with thoughts, comments, and questions via email at wflbookreport at minlib.net. That's wflbookreport at minlib.net. Thanks for listening.